0: And while they're doing that, if you want to follow along with the book of John, 20th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still laying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, if you'd have your Bibles with
1: you, open up to John chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. We'll take a look at one verse in the, the text that uh, Rod had just read. And just a few things uh, as we get started this morning. Um, Wanted to say hello, first of all, to Doris and to Maddie, uh, to, I uh, uh, believe, Kathy, who, all of you that are joining us through Facebook this morning. Um, thank you. And uh, just say thanks to, to Nick, to Joel, to everybody who uh, everybody who's helped out with our Easter egg hunt. We, you just saw the whole crew that's going downstairs to take care of the kids uh, this morning. So we're blessed to have everyone that have stepped into different roles to serve Uh, And also blessed at this season to to be able to do the things that we're doing now as we're taking uh, some steps forward together. So I want to thank all of you for joining us. And and next Sunday, if you're able to join us next Sunday, we're going to answer a question that you would be surprised about a year ago. How many times people were asking me this, this question? The question was, this is in your bulletin, but the question was, are these the last days? Is this it? Is the world coming to an end now? Is this the beginning of the end I have an answer for that question for you, but we'll get to that next week. So if you're able to, to join us next week, we'd love to have you as we answer that question. Are these the last days? But today is Easter. And t- three of my buddies, I would heard a story. There's a story about uh, three guys who had uh, passed away and all went to heaven together. They, they they had died in a car accident. They all went to heaven together. They were very surprised to find out that the question that St. Peter asked them was what is the true meaning of Easter? <sighs> no, I was afraid they would ask that question. So the first person stepped up. He said, I'm pretty sure that's what we have, a bunch of a turkey. We all eat a big meal together. We all gather together around as a family. St. Peter said, no, you're wrong. Sorry, you don't get in. And the next person came up, I know what Easter is. We all get together. We get all of our fireworks together, have a big barbecue and let off a bunch of fireworks. He's like, no, that's, that's the 4th of July. And then the last person, you guys, I go to church. I know what this is. Okay, so he goes up. This is the story of when Jesus died upon the cross and the grave couldn't hold him. And two days later, he, three days later, he rose again. And now he is alive. And as the power of his spirit dwells within us, and, and St. Peter's beginning to say, you're right. And then when he came out of the tomb, if he saw a shadow, you know, we'd only have winter for one more year. <laughs> I think it's one more month, but... Many people have a hard time understanding what. why do we celebrate Easter on a different day each year. There's an answer to that question, and I'm not going to answer it this morning, okay? So i got, I got more important things to talk about. But, but, we have, uh, but, but some people have curiosity about what is the, the true meaning of Easter. What does the resurrection of Christ really mean to us today? And that's where we're going to start this morning. Because you see in that verse... In John chapter 20, verses 1 through 10, I want to go back to verse 9. Nick, you got that? You can put that on the screen there. Verse 9, okay? John chapter 20, verse 9. Here's what it said. That's verse 1, if you can get verse 9 up there. It said, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Let's pray as we begin this morning. Well, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in a moment like this, in the house of the Lord with other men and women and young men and women who have decided that this Sunday is important to them, that want to draw near to the living God, that we can all be honest when we ask this question, what does the resurrection of Christ really mean to me? As we see your first disciples are witnessing these events, they didn't completely know, didn't completely understand what was happening right in front of them. And that truth remains true for many of us. We say these words every Sunday, Jesus is alive, and on Easter we celebrate resurrection life. But do we fully understand what that means to us in this moment? And so, Holy Spirit, may you bring conviction, may you bring new revelation, may you bring empowerment this morning as we receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we have your Bibles open to John chapter 20, and John's, we've been going through the book of John, so we wanted to do the Easter story from the book of John this morning, and you may notice it's, it's just a little bit different than a lot of the others. And, you know, ladies, I don't know if you noticed this one, but... John's story begins with a woman going to the tomb. You know, all the other disciples, all the other men were so consumed with themselves that, ah, we missed it. What are we doing? We just wasted our time. They're all walking around kicking dust with their heads down. We're so stupid. I can't believe we followed this guy. Mary goes to the tomb, and she goes to the tomb with a sense of, you know, curiosity. Maybe it's a sense of curiosity. Maybe it's a sense of maybe this thing isn't over. Maybe this isn't, hasn't ended like everyone else thought it was, thought it would. You know, maybe even Mary is going to the tomb in a moment just of grief, just to be closer to Jesus and to, to come back and experience that moment of being close to Jesus again. I just want to take a tangent for, for a moment and talk about that just for, for a quick second. You know, as we come to church uh, th- this Sunday, we, we we can't deny that, you know, throughout this last year, it's been an interesting year, but through this year, it's also been a year of, of grief for, for many of us. And we have a, uh, the, the world, the, our culture has a hard time understanding grief and understanding mourning. Uh we, we have this thing where our culture seems to think, well, you need to not show emotion and you need to move on as quickly as possible, get things back to normal, get back on your feet as quickly as possible. But even in Scripture, time and time again, you see Jesus tell us to mourn. Grief is something that often will always stick with us. Grief won't go away. It'll something we'll always feel whenever we remember something. But mourning is something intentional that we do when we choose to feel, when we choose to talk about someone that we've lost. And I say that on this morning as we remember Mary coming to the tomb, not knowing exactly what her, with her curiosity, with her, with her faith, with her, with her mourning, with her grieving, what she's going to the tomb for, what she's expecting to see in this moment. We must be reminded, as well as a church to be people of God that know how to create some space and allow for those that are mourning, allow for those that are grieving and going through something challenging, to be those that are there to listen, that are there to process with them and there just to let them feel and not with no apologies and not say that you have to move on from this. It is okay to mourn as Christ has called us to. So this is where we find Mary at the beginning of this story at an empty, uh, with, with, with curiosity at an empty tomb. And, and the text begins to say all these different things that had happened. And verse 9 says, if you can put that one back up there, you can just leave that text up there for a minute, Nick, or Joel, I'm sorry. If you can put that text back up, it says, they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. The truth was right in front of them, but they still did not understand. They don't understand from Scripture, and and, and as many of us sometimes we could say we don't understand from our life experiences. And even on a Sunday like this, and maybe you haven't been to church in a while, or maybe maybe you have this kind of feeling every Sunday after a, a week that has been tough for you, a week that's been confusing for you, we often find ourselves in church, as if, they, as if Mary did when she came to the tomb, maybe a bit confused, maybe in some pain, maybe holding on to a glimpse of hope to see something or hear something, even on a, a service like this, that, of something that might make sense to them, get a sense of, a revel, of the, the revelation of God that will bring them new life and meaning and remind them of who they are. Whether you're ready to receive it or not, that is the reason... I hope that many of you keep coming back because you know you don't have this thing all figured out yet. Just as the disciples did in John 20 verse 9. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They still did not understand what that meant to them. They still did not understand how that was going to impact them and how their whole agenda and the box that they had put Jesus in, he had just broken out of it. And he was doing a new thing in their midst. In previous weeks, we've been saying some words, or we've, been, we've, we've taught some message and, and going over some of the words that Jesus had said, like, let not your hearts be troubled, or things like, remain in the vine, and in weeks ahead, forgive so that your sins will also be forgiven are so tough words, tough things to swallow. And then we say something like Jesus is alive and that works really, really well on Easter Sunday as we've been celebrating and saying that, you know, each moment now. But what about tomorrow? What about Tuesday? What about next week? What about next month? What does Jesus is alive mean to you then? And there's this thing that kind of happens from time to time. Where it's like the tomb is empty, but then we roll it, we roll the stone back in front after Easter Sunday. Or the, or maybe it's just Sunday morning. The tomb is empty, but we roll it back in front for Monday. And we learn how to put a, a, Jesus in a box and, 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 and keep him departmentalized to a small part of our life. I want to tell you that there's a, there's a story about this in Scripture. It's a parable, and I won't read the whole parable. I'm going to tell you the, the, the parable that I, I know some of you have heard before. and It's in Matthew 25. Uh, it's in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. This is in a section of scripture called the Olivet Discourse. The Olivet Discourse is, a, is, is something that Jesus shared when he begins talking about the end times, when he begins talking about things that are going to happen in the end. And he has to use parables because... All the disciples there, they want like a map. They want to know everything that's going to happen. And Jesus says, basically telling them, I can't tell you everything that's going to happen because it's going to blow your mind. And if you try to figure all this out and you stick your hands into this, you're going to mess all this up. So i got to tell this to you in a parable. That this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And in Matthew 24, we're going to talk about that text next week. Jesus says a lot of crazy things that are going to take place in the last days. But then he gets to a passage like this one, this parable like this one in Matthew 25, 14. Which is a story talks about a parable of a master and bags of gold. It says in the NIV. If you have a King James, it'll probably say the word talents. And he gives he gives one person five bags of talents, five bags of gold, or five talents. He gives another two, and he gives another one. And so the one that he gives five, the text says that he goes, and he makes five. More. The master goes away, and the master is going to return. And while the master goes away, the one who gets five bags goes and makes five more. And then the one who has received two bags takes his two bags of talents, his two bags of gold, and he goes and makes two more. And so when the master comes back, that he would have two bags. And then the third person gets one bag of gold. Now, in America, that's about the point where we stop and say, because th- th- this is what we always like, wait a second, what is going on here? This isn't fair. Like, how come this guy got five, and this guy got two, and this guy got one? Why come I only got one? Now, you know you're going to do that to- today when you go home and get on Facebook, right? You're going to see everybody else is taking spring break vacations. Why don't I get to take a vacation? Why can't I go eat at Texas Roadhouse tonight or something? We always find some way, some stupid way to compare ourselves to others. And we just want to stop right there in the story. Like, why does God do this? How come some people don't have to go through the crap that I've gone through? How come some people have stuff that I don't have? How come I work just as hard as everybody else does and this is all that I have? I know there's nobody in this room that's ever felt that way before, right? We just want to sit around and compare how much stuff we have for a while. And the Lord is saying, this is why I got to speak to you in parables, because you would screw all this up. And we're so consumed and so concerned with ourselves." The Lord says, I've got a bigger purpose here. There's something else going on. And so the guy with the one bag, he gets concerned. He doesn't want to come back. He doesn't want his master to come back and him not have anything. So he goes, he digs a hole, and he buries his one bag. He buries bag. His talent. Now, this word is interesting in the Hebrew. The, the The Greek word that we have for talent, there, for that was translated in the NIV as bags of gold, comes from a Hebrew word, which can mean, in Hebrew, it can mean grace. It can mean, uh, it can mean grace. It can mean substance, <coughs> grace and substance. Now, in other words, what we got to understand about this text, which is true of life, is that I know that you you work hard for a lot of what you get but in this text it's referring to that they were given something that they did not earn. They were given something that they did not deserve. Each and every one of you in this room have been given something that you do not deserve. You've been given the grace of God that has freely been given to you that is yours now to distribute to others. And oftentimes... We like to just sit back and compare ourselves. And so, so here's what the master says when he returns in the parable in Matthew 25. He says, he says to the one with the five, he says, you have been that made five more. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. And come and share in your master's happiness. He says that again to the one who had two and he made two more. He said, you have been faithful with a few things. Now come and share. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Now, the third guy that only had one bag, he did what he did out of a misunderstanding of who he thought the master was. Just like our verse in John 20, verse 9. They did not completely understand why Jesus had to rise from the dead. And he thought... That this was all for him. And he better take care of it. He better do the right things. He better make sure he, he knows that it, what it is that he's supposed to do. He better not take any risk in his life. He better be as careful as he possibly can. Or his master is going to strike him dead. And his master is going to be very upset with him that he lost his one bag. And unfortunately, there are many Christ followers... That live their lives that way. That I've been given something from God that I better be careful. That at some point maybe I'll hiccup and I'll lose it. That, that, that maybe if I, if I don't do the right things, God is going is to judge me. And their, their view of religion, their view of Christianity is all about them. And their internalized view of the Lord. And they isolate themselves. They bury themselves in some way. And it's all about this box they've created about their understanding of who God is. And so maybe you know the rest of the story. The rest of the story actually gets pretty bad. I almost don't even want to read it in church. It's almost inappropriate. He actually begins to tell him this one guy who had this one bag and he buried it, basically said, so you don't really know me at all. You thought your master was a hard man? He said, I, basically, that he had given them this grace. He'd been giving them something to go and multiply something. And you sh- he said, you should even just put it in the bank so that it would gain interest. And he said, throw this worthless servant out to where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Really encouraging story, isn't it, on Easter Sunday? But here's the beautiful part of this story it's a parable. That Jesus gave all of us. That Jesus gave all of us as he gave to his first disciples in the Olivet Discourse when he's talking about the end of times. And guess what? I don't know if you all noticed this yet or not, but the second coming hasn't happened yet. Jesus is alive and he hasn't returned yet. And so the message in this moment for today, for, for the church today, for those things that, that we had received at some point in our life, that maybe that moment when maybe it goes back to a camp, a youth camp for you, when you got a revelation from the Lord. Maybe it goes back to a time when someone was really influential in your life that had passed away and you just kind of made a promise and a vow that I'm going to uh, live for the Lord as they had wanted me to. Maybe for you was the time you heard a sermon and came down to an altar and had tears in your eyes. Maybe it was for you as a moment when you were going through a great tragedy and you said, God, if you would just work this out for me, then I will be completely yours. Maybe it was a moment for you when you can't even explain it, but you said a prayer, you began to cry, you began to experience something that you know was going to be eternal. And somehow, some way, for whatever reason we did, as many of us do all the time, we buried it. And there's some good news this Easter resurrection Sunday. The master has not returned yet. It's time to dig that thing back up. Come on, can I get an amen? It's time to dig it back up. It's not too late. You still have the gift. You still have the revelation. You still have the grace that has been given to you that is yours to distribute. You still have some stuff that came from the living God and your time on this earth is not over. It's time to dig it back up. Now, we get this this idea that, you know, there's a lot of things in the church. There's a lot of things that are going on in our world right now because somebody somewhere buried something. See, long before COVID-19, the church was was on a decline. Long before COVID-19, we were finding ways to isolate ourselves. Long before COVID-19 we maybe not have been putting these, these masks on that we wear into services now, but we were putting on a different kind of masks. And we were, we were finding ways to, to isolate ourselves and, getting, and drifting further and further away from our neighbors. And then we kind of got this real creative idea. We can communicate with people. We can have relationships, but only through technology. It'll be great. This was happening before, long before this virus came. I said this last year on Easter Sunday, at our drive-in service Like sometimes you maybe you wonder if the Lord just gave us over to what we want. We've been heading in this direction for a while. And maybe he gave us what we wanted. But now, in this season, as men and women of God, we have to take a few moments and take a step back and realize that we have some stuff the Lord has given us that is ours to share. It is ours to distribute. Jesus is alive, and it is not my call to go and bury this, re- this revelation in my own house, and my own heart, and, not- and it's not for anyone else to share but me. So for this Sunday, I got a, I got like a, I got a new shovel, right? It's still got the tags on it and everything, okay? Kind of like those of you on Easter Sunday who bought your clothes. Some of you still got that long size, you know, sticker down your pants. I had I just want to tell you that now so you you can kind of, you know, pull that off so you look cool and nobody notices or anything. Some of you still got those tags hanging down your shirts. It's kind of what we do on Easter sometimes, isn't it? We dress ourselves up and we try to get some new stuff because it is the Sunday of new life. And I believe the Lord's saying to us today, kind of like this new shovel that hasn't even been touched, it's time to get a little bit dirty. It's time to dig some things back up. And some of the digging back up is is maybe taking a step back and asking yourself some questions. Why, why am I isolating myself so much? And I'm, not, I'm not talking about COVID, church. I'm not, I'm not trying to make a political statement here at all. I'm talking about how we choose to, to live an introverted life. And the Lord would ask some questions. Why do I think the way that I do about things? Why do I do what I do with all of the resources that I have been given? Is this thing really all about me? Or am I a steward of something bigger than me. Why? Why do I treat people the way that I do? Why do I talk to people the way that I do? Why do I talk about people the way that I do? Why am I consumed and stressed out all the time? This is where we begin to get back to the digging, because I got to believe for many of you, there was a moment in time when you recognized who you were And what it was that the living God had done in your life. And today this pastor came to tell you it's time to dig that back up before the master returns. It's time to look at the person next to you and say, it's time to dig it back up. All right, I didn't believe you. So now you got to look at the person on the other side of you and say, it's time to dig it back up. You've got some stuff. That you have been created to use. You don't have to say that, but you can keep saying it if you want to. You've got some stuff the Lord has given you that, that you that you that has been placed in your life that is for you to share, is for you to multiply, it is for you to make an impact in this world. Now, so I want to tell you this morning that the truth of the revelation, the truth of the resurrection is meant to be shared. That's really why we're all here on Easter Sunday, right? It's meant to be celebrated. It's meant to be remembered. And and it's meant to be shared, but it's best shared by those who have experienced it. Let me say that again. The truth of the resurrection of Christ is best shared by those who have experienced it. What do you mean, Pastor Brody? What do you mean experienced it? Well, I hope that you've had a moment similar to as Mary did when she came to the tomb back in, in our text in John 1. When she came to the tomb a little confused, a little a little wondering what was next, a little wondering what the Lord was doing in her life, when she had a moment where she realized she didn't quite have it all together, but she was a person in need of a Savior. She was the person in need of revelation. And if you know the rest of her story, through the book of Acts, the Lord began to, to bring change and transformation in her life. The story is best shared by those who have been transformed by the power of the living God. Romans, if you can put that Romans text up there. Romans 12, two, tells us that we should not conform to the pattern of this world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, then we'll be able to, I don't think he's got the next verse, but then we'll be able to test, oh, there it is, then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing and perfect will. God's word is that we must be transformed. So we've dug, We've somebody somewhere has buried something. See, there's forgiveness that we placed underground. Somebody somewhere buried some forgiveness. Somebody somewhere buried some compassion. Somebody somewhere buried their time and said, my time is only to be used for me and my family. I'm sorry, I just don't have any more to give. Somebody somewhere buried forgiveness. Somebody somewhere buried something that said, you don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand what they've done. I can't forgive them. Somebody somewhere buried, and this is all of our problem, somebody somewhere buried some power. There is power available to each and every one of us to break bondages in our lives. There's power available to each and every one of us to bring healing, to open our eyes and remind us at any moment why we are here and what all of this is about. But somebody somewhere buries something. And we have the audacity to say, nah, this is all there is. I'm going to keep that church stuff, I'm going to keep that resurrection life stuff on Easter, keep it on Sunday morning, just going to keep it safe so I don't screw things up when Jesus returns. And do you remember what I said a talent was? Do you remember what I said, the, the best translation of it? It's called grace. The Lord gives you grace to distribute. That means he expects you to screw up. It's a beautiful thing. The Lord expects us to mess up. He expects that he will, and he's going to, we have more trouble with our failure than he does, and he's going to be there for you in that moment when you do drop the ball. But with that commission is I want you to multiply my grace. That means it's, sure, when I say something like that, I know many of you think of evangelism, and sure, that's part of it, but it simply means live live your life in a way that is worthy of the calling that you have received that each and every day you have something to give, you have something to share, you have life to share, and this, this revelation that you have been given was not meant to be buried. So it's time to dig it back up. So I want to encourage you, all of you that are here this morning, just in this moment with every head bowed, and every eye closed, I want to encourage you to close your eyes and bow your heads. I would, I would expect that this word of digging it back up is something for all of us. So we all have to come back to the table and be rem- reminded on an Easter Sunday that, yeah, I say it all the time. I can have as much of God as I want to. In fact, I already do. There's some things that I buried. Some pieces of this relationship in my faith that I've said, I, I just it's not going to get any more than this for me i'm just not going to forgive them i'm just not ever going to really be happy i'm going to put on a face i'm going to try to but i'm just not ever going to really be happy if you're in this room just as a simple confession so you know what i got to be honest i buried some things i hear these words all the time but when it comes to my faith at some point in time i buried something if that's you, nobody's looking around, just lift up your hand right now. It's not a sign of your confession to me, it's your sign of confession to the Lord. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Thank you. You can put your hands down. All across this church, people that realize, Lord, forgive me. And now, all across this church, let's just have that moment. Lord, let's pray this prayer together. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for placing, for burying your revelation. Forgive me for making this more about me than about you. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you that you can remind me. As you remind me and recommission me, you're also reminding me that I'm going to make mistakes and that you're going to be there for me again and again And again, that is the beauty of the grace that we have been given. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God of love, that you are not a hard master, but you desire that we share what we have been given. And so, Lord, I hear your word today, and it is my call and my desire to dig it back up, to dig back up, Lord, what you have given me and distribute it, to give it to others. As everyone else is, continues to have your head bowed and your eyes closed, this for some of you this could be an important decision today. Maybe it's a day when you feel like you need to rededicate your life to Christ. Maybe for some it could be a day when you said that, that you need to give your life to Christ for the first time. The power of the resurrection means that Jesus is alive. It means that his spirit is available to you. It means that he tore the veil uh, between the holy of holies that now you not only have access to eternal life with him, you have access to his presence right now in this moment, and that is yours, and simply as you say yes, Lord, forgive me of my sins. If that is you and today is a day where you need to rededicate your life to Christ, I want to encourage you just to lift up your hand right now. If that's you today in this church. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On honor of those that, that are lifting up their hands. All across this church, we're going to pray this prayer together like it's the first time. Because for some of us, we need to go back to that moment. We need to dig it back up. We need to remember our first point of confession. So I know it won't be just like the prayer that you prayed, but but we're going to make it pretty close and we're going to make it according to the scripture. So you just say, everybody in this church, say these words after me. Dear Jesus, today I confess that I am a sinner. And in need of a Savior. savior. Thank you for your death on the cross. cross. As your blood was shed for my sin. And thank you for your resurrection resurrection from the tomb. As your new life was given to me to be transformed. Today I make a confession that I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning as we be reminded and take a few moments of why we're here, reminded that we all got to dig it back up and remember who we are. And so today, as we conclude service, we're going to sing a song uh, as a commission, as a statement. I want to invite you to stand as we sing our last song together. It's simply, He Lives. I want to invite you to stand, and we're going to sing, He Lives Together. Your words will be on the screen. But Before we begin to sing, hey, I want to tell you, uh, I told you there's some guest cards right there at the back table. If if you would need prayer for anything, if you said that prayer and would love to have the opportunity to follow up, you don't have to leave today. I'd be happy to pray with you and talk with you. But if for whatever reason you just want to place that on the card, I promise I will contact you this week and we'll be sure to connect. So those guest cards are right back there at the back table, right by the offering plate uh, before you leave as well. Let's sing. He lives. Before your benediction this morning, just want to remind you this Wednesday, we will have a free community meal and uh, between 5 and 5.30. And again, if you would just need prayer for anything, um, I want to encourage you. I'm going to just going to hang around here for just a couple of minutes. It would be my privilege to pray with you before you go this morning. Um, but if, you, if you'd like to do that another time or like to connect later, you can take this guest card. You'll find one right by the offering plate. There's three things. If you made a commitment to follow Christ, if you'd like to meet with a pastor, if you would be in need of prayer, we'd love for you to circle those, and we'll be in contact with you uh, throughout the rest of this week. Thank you all for joining us this Sunday as we celebrate Resurrection Life. It is a new month. It's new weather. It's a new season. And so let's begin things anew as we dig it back up. Your benediction. May you dig up the grace that has been given to you and be transformed by the love of God. May you share resurrection life with the world around you and with your life declare, let's say those three words together, that Jesus is alive. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.